Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I want to share with you a product that I have absolutely been loving recently and a product that I truly believe in. And as you guys know, I do not promote anything that I do not personally use or think is a worthy product. So everything that I promote on my social media or on this podcast or anywhere from me, you know that it is legit and it is not something that has just been paid for. In fact, these people don't even know that I'm putting them on this podcast. I just am doing it because I believe that you guys need this product in your life. So the products I'm going to talk about today is Herbstrong CBD. CBD is kind of becoming a fad and I think just the industry today and the health world and the wellness world, everybody is talking about CBD. So how can you be sure that the CBD you are purchasing is good quality and is actually worth it and is not just someone making it and calling it CBD and maybe putting other proprietary blends or extra stuff in there that does not need to be in there. Well, how you can tell is make sure that you're getting it from a reliable source and a source that is 100% full spectrum. Herbstrong CBD is full spectrum. It's a hemp-based CBD. If you don't know what CBD is or how it works or like all of the amazing uses for it, I have a video on YouTube like explaining everything about CBD. So if you're interested in that, please head to my YouTube channel and you'll find it. It's one of my most popular videos and it'll explain CBD, the ins and outs. I had my friend Kaylin on who knows a lot about it and we kind of just talked through all of what CBD is and how it works. But CBD is great for those who have anxiety, are experiencing any pain, pain in their muscles or joints, or if you have any inflammation, and there's a bunch of other different just um, uses for it. But the biggest thing people have been using it for is just anxiety. It has been proven time and time again to help reduce anxiety um, long-term, and it's very preventative. So you don't just take it like right when you're feeling anxious, like you would with maybe a prescription medication, you take this every day and it actually helps prevent the anxiety attacks or just those feelings of anxiousness. So if this is something that you deal with, I highly, highly suggest that you look into taking a CBD product and I would very much recommend Herbstrong CBD. There's many different ways you can take it. You can take it as a drop, like oil and you just drop it under your tongue or you can put it in your coffee or in your food or you can take it as a vape which that's my favorite for at night I just think that it's a relaxing way to do it so you can do it that way or they actually have a cream and this is my favorite for um, like muscle pain or joint pain I've been having a lot of trouble with my knee recently so I've been putting their their product on my knee and I find that that is very very helpful so if you would like to check out Herbstrong please head to the show notes there's a link there for you to go to their website and if you would like to save 10% you can use the code gmailfit g-m-a-l-e-f-i-t and that'll save you 10% on your CBD products guys CBD is like the future of medicine so if you are maybe taking prescription medications and you're looking to get off of it and look for a natural holistic alternative CBD is going to be the way to go so I definitely recommend Herbstrong So without further ado, please welcome my guest today. Guys, this is one of my absolute best friends. We were roommates freshman year. Today's conversation is just going to be so lighthearted and fun, but this woman knows her stuff when it comes to holistic health, just nutrition in general, eating more whole. If you are someone that is struggling to just get in your fruits and veggies and is looking to improve not only your relationship with food, but the foods that you are putting in your body, this podcast is for you. This girl is fierce. I'm pretty sure she's currently in Bali. She just got there. She was in Thailand for like almost a year now. She is insane. Like she just inspires me every single day. So I know you guys are going to love this episode. So enough rambling. Let's dive into today's episode.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Evolve Your Life podcast. I am here with one of my absolute best friends of all time, Myra. We actually went to college together. She was my roommate freshman year. We have one heck of a story and a journey, but I'm so excited because she's been on this incredible journey recently where she has just completely blossomed into her best self, and she's currently in Bali. She's been living in Thailand. She is just living the freaking dream, and I'm so excited to just have her here to talk about traveling, talk about eating more holistically and nutritiously and all of those great things. So welcome to the podcast, Myra. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me, Gabby. Of course, of course. When I started this podcast, I knew I was like, okay, people I need to interview first. Myra's one of them for sure. I just knew I had to be on there. Yeah, we've we've been um geeking out on podcasts together for a while. So I'm glad that you you went for it and started your own and I'm very grateful to be a part of it. It is so much fun. Honestly, this is becoming my new favorite so like social media platform in a sense. <laughs> I if people are here and they're ready to listen and they're ready to learn mm-hmm. and Everybody's just like soaking all this knowledge and it's just, it's a great time. So before we get started with all the juiciness of this podcast, I want to have you just introduce yourself because obviously I know you all too well, but um, everybody else um, may not know who you are. So go ahead and just introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, so my name is Myra. I am, like Gabby said, I'm currently in Bali. I have been traveling out here in Southeast Asia since February. Um, I graduated from the University of Kentucky back in December. I studied public health with Gabby, and I've always just had a strong passion for health. I've always known that that's the route I wanted to take with my life. I never really knew how to do it or in what avenue I wanted to take, but I knew that that was my passion. And I also knew graduating college that I was not ready to get a nine to five. I wasn't ready to succumb to this lifestyle that um, society has built for us, that we have to graduate and get a job or graduate and go to grad school. I just, I wasn't ready for that. So I decided why not do something completely different and just go to the other side of the world and see what happens. Initially, I was out here teaching English, and it was more so of a stepping stone for me. I knew that teaching English wasn't ultimately what I wanted to be doing, but it was a way for me to get out here on the other side of the world. Um, So I did that for a little bit, and as I expected, I (laughs) didn't like it as much as I thought I would. I think teaching English is an amazing thing that people do and some people love it, but it's just not for everyone. And throughout my experience in Thailand early on, actually, I started thinking about, okay, what is it that I, what is my next step? Because I'm a huge planner. I'm thinking about the future probably more than I should. But um, I started thinking about how can I start doing what I want to be doing and doing it here. I, from a very young age, I always knew that I wanted to be living outside of the United States. Um, I had this strong urge to see the world. And since being over here, it just reaffirmed that for me. And I knew that this was a lifestyle I wanted to continue and I wanted to be able to sustain it. Um, So back in June, I started continuing my education and studying holistic nutrition. 
Um, so it's been, it's like a year long course and I've been working on that and I quit my job and now I am in Bali pursuing my passion, pursuing a career on, in health, um, online and connecting to health retreats around me. And yeah, it's been a pretty crazy ride. Yeah. I know that you've just been, it's, it's crazy. Like being one of your close friends, just keeping up with you and stuff. And we've done a really good job of keeping in touch. And I've been, and I got to even see you in Thailand, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, But I bet there's a lot of people listening right now thinking like, oh my gosh, if only I had the balls to do that. If only I had the means to do that. Like, I wish I could travel. I wish I could go do this stuff. What like made you like, what was there like a defining moment where you knew that this is what you wanted to do? Or were you scared to do it? And then you just kind of got over the fear or like, how did you kind of, I guess, take that leap? Because it is such like, I'm a fearless person. And even I'm Mm -hmm. like, I can't stop my life right now. You know, like, there's just so many limitations, things holding us, holding us back. So like, I guess, how did you like, how did you get around that obstacle of just like being fearful of leaving like America and going to this completely new culture? Um, well, so back in college, my after my sophomore year, um, before my junior year, um, after some personal weird things were going down, I decided to leave Kentucky, pack my car up, and by myself, I drove across the country to California. And I had, you know, been away from home. I'm from St. Louis originally, and so going to Kentucky, I was going to a new place with no one I knew. But this was the first time that I really, like, went far away from home with really no idea what I was doing, but just having a gut feeling. So I feel like that kind of prepared me in a way. I'm like, okay, well, if I can move myself, drive my car by myself across the country um, alone, If I can do that, then what else can I do? Um, And like I said before, traveling was always a dream for me. um, And I knew I wanted to get to leave the country and travel and, you know, see the world. It's funny because I am just, I look back at my life and there's this pattern. I have this strong love for the unexpected. I get so much excitement out of not knowing what's next, but trusting in myself and trusting in my intuition that I know where I'm going and what I'm doing is going to be what's best for me. So yeah, of course I had fear. I think that there were, it was really just random nights I'd lay in bed and I would think to myself like, what the heck am I doing? Like, what am I doing? I'm going to the other side of the world. What if I hate it? What if I miss my family? What if this? What if that? But at the end of the day, I knew deep inside of me that this was what I wanted to do. And fear is just an illusion. Like we, we fill our mind with these thoughts that we call fear. Um, But really, there's no reason to fear because we have no idea. Like, of course, we can sit and think about everything that could go wrong. But what good is that when you can sit and think about everything that could go right? It's just wasted energy thinking about the things that you have no idea whether or not are going to happen. So talking about the means to do it, I'm not, I don't have a bunch of money. I don't have, um, 
you know, my parents aren't funding this. I've learned, especially since being out here, that if you want something bad enough, you can make it happen. There are so many ways that you can travel for so cheap, so cheap. And if not free, um, there are things like work away and woof and, um, Honestly, just traveling and meeting people and connecting to locals, there are so many ways that you can find where you're doing a kind of a work trade situation where you are, you know, spending five hours, if not less a day, um, helping them. And in return, you can eat and sleep there for free. There's just, you have to be creative. Like if this is something you really want to do, but you don't know how you can do it. First of all, my biggest piece of advice is just go for it. You don't have to have a plan. You don't have to have everything set in stone. You don't have have to have any idea of what you want to do. Just go and do it. And I promise you can figure it out along the way. Yeah. And I, and I even remember you like when we were keeping in contact and you were before you had started working, um, teaching English, you were kind of just like literally just traveling kind of wherever you wanted to. And I remember mm-hmm. you telling me that you're going to work on a tea farm. And I was like, okay, Myra, like, <laughs> like what like how did you find that kind of stuff is it just purely just researching or talking to locals or how did you kind of get all this stuff set up yeah so i was using workaway which is a website that you pay i think like 30 dollars a year and there are jobs everywhere in the world that you can go and just connect to the host and there can be jobs from working on a tea farm to working in a restaurant to working at a yoga studio or at a hostel, literally anything that you can think of. And every host has different um, expectations, different things that they offer in return for your work. So, but also I've realized since doing something like that, you don't have to use Workaway. I think it's a really great tool to have some, a safety net and know that, okay, yeah, this is where I'm going and this is what I'm going to be doing. And I have a sense of security, but also you can totally just go places and start talking to people and asking them, Hey, I want to stay here for a little while. Do you know anyone that is looking for some extra help that I could, you know, get accommodation in return? So it's just about putting yourself out there and, you know, setting an intention on what you want and you know, the opportunities will arise for sure. Yeah, that's incredible. It's, it's been, and it's been so awesome to watch you do all of this. It really has. And it's inspired me to do it more too. Um, it's just, it's incredible. And I really, I also, from, from being out in, in that area too, I would highly suggest if you ever get the opportunity or want to create the opportunity, go to Southeast Asia. It's literally, it's so beautiful. Like, what would you say is the most, like, what was the most shocking or, like, biggest adjustment? Because it is such culture shock. Like, what is what yeah. did you find is kind of, like, the hardest part of doing something like that? Because this can apply for anyone that maybe you're going abroad or you want to go abroad through your school program, but you're just kind of hesitant. Or maybe you do want to, maybe even just moving to a new state. Like, it, it is a culture mm-hmm. shock in a way. It's obviously a lot more extreme. But what did you kind of, like, what was that like when you, like, first got there? What were the biggest lessons that you learned? I learned how to ask people for help. I am so prideful in trying to figure things out by myself. But the biggest shock to me, especially in Thailand, um, but in a lot of Southeast 
East Asian countries is that people are so willing to help you. I would go into a store and start trying to talk to a local and asking them a question and they might not be able to understand my English, but they would say, hold on, wait one second and go find someone who can. They are so willing to go out of their way and ask you for help. So that was one of the biggest tools that I had to learn when I got here was just asking people for help and knowing that it's okay and knowing that people are willing to help. Um, I think there's, you know, there wasn't too many huge culture shocks for me. I think that I kind of, I had a really smooth transition getting here because when I first got to Thailand, I had a couple of days and then I went in on to a training course to teach English. And in that course, they did a really good job teaching us about the culture and teaching us about, um, you know, proper etiquette and just giving us more background information on Thai people. So I had, like I said, I had a pretty smooth transition. I think that it's just, it's really interesting to be living somewhere where you're not hearing English being spoken. And it's kind of like, Someone's had said something to me a little while back that I kind of thought was a little ignorant and a little, I don't know, I had a weird, weird taste in my mouth after they said that. But they said, you know, if you never learn Thai, it's like no one's speaking. And at first I'm like, that's such a shitty thing for you to say. But I thought about it and, you know, you're walking around and everyone's speaking, but you have no idea what they're saying. So it's almost as if you're you're in your own little bubble. And I've forgotten what it's like to be around other English speaking people and be able to eavesdrop and like listen to other people's conversations. And it's so nice to just walk around and be um, in solitude and be really, it's isolating, but it's, it's almost really, it's really nice. I think one of the hardest lessons I have learned is how to be alone. It was about loneliness. That was going to be yeah. one of was like, I think that is probably people's biggest fear is not knowing anybody, like not knowing how to make friends and just being, mm-hmm. and I think that's people's biggest fear in general is just being alone with their own thoughts. That's why we surround okay. ourselves with people and distractions and TV and social media because we're scared yeah. to just sit and like be with our own thoughts. So how did yeah. you, how did you get through that? And two, how has it like helped you? Because I know it's something like we've talked about this. It's something that has really helped you kind of discover who you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that my whole life I've always distracted myself from myself, whether that be through sports or academics or friends or social media or television. There's so much distraction. And I'm a busy body. Like I have always been someone who has to be moving, has to be doing, has to be going. But for the first time in my life, I decided that I wanted to just slow everything down. And I took this as an opportunity to really be alone and not the kind of alone where you're sitting and watching Netflix at night, the kind of alone where I get home from work and I turn on some music and I dance around my apartment and I cook a delicious meal for myself and I sit and I write and I I do things that I know are going to feed my soul. It's not easy. There were nights where I was just debilitated by my loneliness, where I was laying in bed holding myself and wondering what the hell I'm doing. But you realize that there are people everywhere around you and it's 
comforting to know that everyone's alone on this earth. We choose to be with other people, but we come into this earth alone and we leave alone. And the biggest lesson I learned is that I am my home. I can be anywhere in the world, but if I know how to make a home within myself, then it doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing, I am home. And that was the biggest lessons for me. And when I realized that, and I realized that I had to learn how to be okay within my home, that being myself, um, things started to get a lot easier. Yeah, I love that. I love that little, like, just because I agree. I agree 100% that people need to, like, if you have yourself, then you are home. But people don't see it like that. It's like they put so much of themselves in other people or in their jobs or in mm-hmm. just like other things. And when you, when either that thing leaves or you're left alone, you feel broken, you feel lost, but actually that is when you should feel most at peace and at ease. And so I guess the perfect transition, I want to talk about like your health journey, especially when it comes to like nutrition and spirituality, because I mean, people listening to this, you can already tell that Myra is like has a spiritual soul just from just saying all of those things. So (laughs) has it always been like that? How did you kind of start this journey of like holistic health? And I know you're, you're a yogi, you do yoga, you're really good at like doing your meditations. Some people find that I find that honestly, it's not something that comes easily to me. So is that something that you have really worked on? Or is it something that just came naturally and you fell in love with? Uh, No, it's not supposed to be easy. That's why people do it. Um, I was working with a client the other day and she had told me, you know, when things get hard are when the times that I find myself not doing my yoga and not doing my meditation. And that's the time that we need it the most. That's when it really counts. So no, it's not easy and it didn't come naturally for me. My journey started, you know, I, <laughs> I've i always been someone who has had this need for perfection and this need to be the best and be popular and have the best clothing and join the best sorority and um, just living life very surface level. And it wasn't until after my first year of college that I started to realize, wow, there's so much more to life than the surface level things that I've been doing and the conversations I've been having. I was dealing with really bad anxiety. Um, I had been in an abusive relationship, which triggered extreme anxiety. And I kind of got to my breaking point and I was with my mom and my mom is very, she's She's been on a spiritual journey herself, and she used to always re- try to read me tarot or angel cards, whatever whatever you want to call them, whatever resonates with you. But she used to always read them to me, and I would, you know, I would listen to her, but I would kind of think, you know, you're a little crazy, mom. Like, this, this, doesn't, this doesn't mean anything. But I was at a really low place, and my mom said, let me read you some tarot. And she did, and... I remember just sitting there and sobbing and he like, it was as if that these cards knew exactly what I needed to hear. And I mean, that's what they're, that's what they're here for. That's what they do. I started to have really deep. I connected with my childhood best friend again, and we 
There was one winter break where we just sat in her basement and we talked for hours every night. And it was as if I was coming back to myself through those conversations and waking up, if you will. And that's kind of when my spiritual journey began, when I realized, okay, there is more work that I need to be doing and that work is internal. Um, so I started reading self-help books. I started reading on spirituality, watching documentaries. I got my own deck of tarot. I started meditating. First, I was using, I don't know what the app is called, but there's this app where you can like learn how to meditate. And that's the first, first <laughs> form of meditation I ever did. But I think it's, I think it's, uh, cause I know this about you, but I know everybody else probably doesn't. You grew up in a Jewish family too, right? Yeah. 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 So was that like, was that like, cause I know spirituality and religion, obviously it kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, there's, there, there are very different things in the sense of like your own, like you can be religious, but have like your own spiritual, like self and journey and whatnot. But yeah, was that like a transition or was like, how, was there any like backlash in your kind of subconscious for like how you grew up or especially like you said, your mom did the tarot cards. I actually didn't know that. Um, what was that kind of like? I just want to hear a little bit about that because I obviously knowing that you did like I remember our freshman year we did Hanukkah in our dorm room. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "What is this girl doing?" Like, right. Um, I think the idea of prayer has always been instilled within me from my Jewish upbringing. I think that in Jewish traditions we we emphasize a lot of morals that I really relate to, accepting everyone as they are, giving back to to our community, um, understanding that everything within us has been passed down, passed down from generations. So there are definitely ideas within Judaism that I really resonate to. But I, you know, it's funny because I'm right now I'm in a, Hindu province in Indonesia and I've been asked before like what is your religion and I I'm stuck on that answer you know I was raised Jewish and I had so much pride in my Judaism I went to Jewish summer camp um, we went to the temple but lately I've been so focused on my spirituality that I don't really have a that big of a connection right now to my religion and I think that's okay I think that as long as you feel like there is a greater power, a greater force, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, if you, as long as you have something to believe in, I don't think it matters what it is. I don't think you have to label it. I don't think you have to understand it completely. But as long as you feel it, then I think that's what humans need. We need that, that belief. We need to know that there's something bigger than us. Um, because if we don't, then what the hell are we doing here? And that's when people start, you know, to develop things like depression and anxiety is when they don't understand that there's something so much bigger than us going on. Yeah, I agree. I actually heard on a podcast I was listening to last week. It was really interesting. She was talking about, she is, um, she works, she's a public health person and she works with like World Health Organization and doing like, mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. She works within, so many different countries and religion is always something that's brought up. And she said that if everybody could just have their own religious and spiritual journey, then there would be complete peace in this world. But when yeah. religion is um, made into like a community thing and there's rules put on things, that's mm -hmm. when it really just kind of hinders people's, yeah. you have this 
relationship and you and you may want to think like one thing but you're told that that's wrong and it's I, I personally don't believe that that's how it should be. I think that you should be able to practice and believe in whatever yeah. you want. And yeah. um, as long as it makes you happy and it makes you a better person and it makes you feel more connected to yourself and to this earth. And I truly believe yeah. that like, there's nothing better than that. Of course. Um, and I mean, that's what organized religion is, is not, it's not that freedom to, to believe and to do. Um, it's just, it's, it's structure, structure, like you said. And it's really interesting, you know, being immersed in different cultures with different religions, like especially in Thailand, it's a Buddhist country. And, you know, everyone embodies the Buddhist teachings. It's not just that they're going to the temple and they're learning about Buddha and his practices. They're embodying it. And that was something that I loved so much about Thailand is that the people there are just so kind and gentle. And I, I really truly believe it's from their, their way of life. Yeah. And I think that religion is so fascinating. And I think there's so many, I think they're all interconnected. I think that ideas and morals and values from all religions are all interconnected. They're just different ways of interpreting them. So it's about, you know, finding what works for you, like you said, and you know, really believing in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to shift into nutrition because this is kind of where you're really thriving and focusing your personal like business and work and you're helping me a lot. I love watching your Instagram stories and getting your PDFs and everything. Like it's been so helpful in my personal journey to just be eating more nutritious and whole foods. And I don't know if you saw mm -hmm. my Instagram day but i did mention that i have not been eating as much meat recently yeah um, i won't say that i haven't i've cut it completely out but i definitely have gotten better which is good um yeah. so i just kind of want to hear about like your journey with nutrition i know like you don't have to go into crazy detail if you don't want to or you can it's whatever your energy of today brings go for it but yeah. i just want to hear because i know a lot of people this is i did a poll the other day on my instagram stories and i said like what do you struggle more with nutrition or fitness or like the gym and it was eight, like, I think like 600 people voted. It was 8% fitness and 92% nutrition. People don't mind going to the gym. Well, most people, like, obviously there's still, it can be difficult, but like most people can get a few workouts in weekly, but 92% mm -hmm. of people are really struggling when it comes to their food and what they're eating. And so how has that kind of evolved for you and how have you kind of made that into what it is today? Yeah. Um, so I think like a lot of other women and um, probably a lot of women that are listening, I dealt with an eating disorder. I was a figure skater um, back in the day. And I think that there's a lot of pressure on that sport. And I don't, I don't want to blame figure skating for the development of my eating disorder. I think that eating disorders are passed down to us from generations. And I look at my grandmother and I remember my grandmother just even at 90 years old telling us that she was fat. And I think I really do believe that those things are passed down um, to us. And I'm really working on breaking that ancestral tie right now because <laughs> it's a hard one to break. But yeah, so I went vegetarian when I was 11. It's so weird to think about now, but I was a little girl in the grocery store. Um, my mom was buying meat and I looked through the glass window and I saw the butcher 
preparing the meat and there was blood all over the table. And I asked my mom, I'm like, mom, what is that red stuff on the table? She was like, honey, that's, that's blood. I'm like, blood. She's like, yeah, from, from the animal, you know, they're cutting the meat um, to prepare it. And it was in that moment, something clicked for me. I had always eaten meat before that. I loved chicken nuggets and French fries were my favorite meal. Something clicked in my head that this is an animal. This is a living being that is now dead so we can eat. Um, and yeah, like I said, something clicked for me and I went vegetarian when I was 11 years old. No one else in my family was and they all thought I was crazy. They're like, yeah, sure, Myra, okay. We'll see how long this lasts. Yeah, so I guess because I was vegetarian, I was a little more health conscious growing up. I also definitely lived in a, in a home where we didn't eat fast food. My parents didn't buy cookies. We, we ate pretty healthy within the home and just everywhere I was eating relatively healthy. But yeah, with my eating disorder, it progressively got worse throughout my teens. And so my relationship to food was always fear, I think. I think I was always so afraid that I would get fat if I ate too much. And um, there was a lot of restriction going on. I, I remember in high school, I, would, I wouldn't really eat anything until like four o'clock. I would have some like snacks throughout the day, maybe some crackers. But after school, I would go to the gym and I would walk on the stair stepper for like 40 minutes and I hadn't eaten anything all day. And then I'd go home and I'd just eat cheese and crackers. So I went into therapy for my eating disorder. Um, and I honestly don't think that it ever really healed. I think that I, I was faced with a dilemma. I was told that I either needed to start eating more or I was going to be put into a more intensive form of therapy. And I didn't want anything to do with that when I was 16 years old. I tried to mend the relationship with food by myself and just eat more, but it's an ongoing battle. I think that anyone who's dealt with disordered eating or eating disorders knows that it, it comes and goes. It, and I think that if we can just observe how we feel in regards to food and observe what our bodies are telling us, then it makes things a lot easier. So going back, I when I was in high school, I had wanted to go vegan. I, you know, I had probably been vegetarian for maybe five years, and this was definitely in the heart of my eating disorder as well. And I wanted to go vegan, and I was at the doctor's office, and they told me they said you can't, you can't do that. Um, you know, you're already so tiny, like you're not, you don't have enough weight on you, and it's not not healthy for you to do. And I knew that at that time it was just me feeding my eating disorder. If I went vegan, then there was less food so that I could be eating. And so it was kind of like me playing a trick and I'm like, I'm going to go vegan. Um, <laughs> but so I didn't, I took my doctor's advice. And then when I was 20, I my eating disorder got pretty bad again. I think I was also living in a not very healthy environment. I was living with someone who 
you know, also was really only eating one meal a day. I was working at a restaurant and when you work at a restaurant, you're moving a lot, you burn a lot of calories and also your eating patterns aren't very regimen because, you know, say you go into work at 10 and then you don't get off until five. Well, you don't eat that whole time. So my eating patterns were just very out of whack. Um, and I wasn't eating a lot. I had lost a bunch of weight and I again decided that I wanted to go vegan. And this time there was no doctor to tell me I couldn't. Um, I was an adult now. And so I made the decision for myself. And I think, you know, it was funny because someone asked me the other day, they said, why did you go vegan? And I had never had this response before, but it just came out of me. And I realized that it was at a time in my life where I had lost a bunch of weight and I feel as I felt as if my eating disorder wasn't in check. And I know now looking back at it, it was again a way for me to feed my eating disorder and for me to say, oh, there's more things I can restrict myself with if I take things out of my diet. Um, so initially, going vegan was a way for me just to keep losing weight. And I didn't really, at the time, I didn't know why I was doing it. I just knew I wanted to do it. I knew it was something that I had wanted to do for a while. Um, I had been vegetarian for nine years at that point, but it's funny because it, my intention was to lose weight and to stay thin, but it, it did the opposite. Um, and I realized that going vegan for me was one of the best ways I have healed from my eating disorder. It has taught me to appreciate food and appreciate the nutrients that our earth has given us and fuel our body in an organic and natural way. It's, I love to eat. Um, <laughs> you probably wouldn't expect to hear that from someone who has restricted their whole life, but I love to eat. And when I became vegan and I realized, wow, if I'm just eating fruits and vegetables and beans, like I can eat so much. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was, it was so healing for me. And, you know, it goes in waves. I think, like I said before, our relationship to food and our relationship to our body. Um, and I still struggle with it. I still struggle with feeling comfortable in my skin. And I think because I spent so much time restricting, um, I find myself overeating a lot now, kind of the other end of the spectrum. And I'm, you know, just trying to find a balance. But learning about nutrition and learning about what what is best for our bodies and that's you know that's different for every person um has been so empowering for me um on my own journey and just wanting to relate that message to other people so i think my biggest philosophy in regards to food is eat as natural as you can you know our earth has provided us so many amazing nutrients that we neglect. We, you know, we go to the grocery store and we buy processed foods, we buy frozen dinners, we buy all of this manufactured foods. I don't even want to call them foods because they're just chemical equations and they're so bad for our bodies. They have so much preservatives and chemicals and additives and our bodies don't do well on those things. 
our bodies crave the most natural foods because those are the easiest for our bodies to digest. So I'm learning a lot about digestion at the moment and yeah, just learning what it means to eat to optimize your digestion. Yeah, I've been I've been really trying to focus on that as well. Um, especially since I've been loving um, Sahara's podcast, the highest self podcast. Mm -hmm. It does all the Ayurvedic stuff. And I know you actually what you said you went and saw an Ayurvedic doctor last night. So yeah. I, won't about that. I haven't heard about it yet. So tell me about it. What was it like? Oh, it was, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I had a lot of skepticism going into it because I went to, um, I went to the health center, health retreat earlier in the day. And I asked to meet with the woman just to like introduce myself. And at first I like was getting kind of that bad vibes. I'm like, Oh, maybe, maybe I don't want to do this, but I knew that I needed to. And so I did. And I was very pleasantly surprised. We went on a few different journeys, if you will. She led me in some guided meditations where I was connecting to the different elements on earth. Um, in Ayurveda, they use the elements of air, fire, ether, water, and earth. It was, you know, she was asking me to feel the different elements and express how I felt when I was like painting a picture in my mind of the different elements. So that was kind of to try for her to try and figure out my dosha, which I don't know if anyone knows about Ayurveda. I'm definitely not an expert, but there are three doshas, um, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. So those are kind of like our, our, our archetypes. Um, we have more of like a mindset archetype and a body archetype. Um, so you usually have two dominant doshas. So that was just kind of a way for her to, from my expression of how I was feeling with the different elements to kind of decipher what my dosha is. Um, and then she also connected me to my childhood, my inner three-year-old Myra and this is something that I've been playing with a lot recently um, in trying to decide like what I want to do and where I am right now. And if it makes sense for me, I've been connecting back to my five-year-old self and asking myself if that girl, that little Myra could see me now, would she be proud of me? Would she say, yes, this is what you should be doing. This is what I dream for you to do. Or would she say, oh, but what about this? You should, you should maybe think about this instead. I've been asking my parents a lot of questions about who I was and what I was doing when I was five years old and what I said I wanted to be when I grew up when I was five years old. And if all of those things are aligned with what I'm doing now, because I believe that our, our inner child has so much wisdom because we've not yet been manipulated by society and these norms that we're expected to mold into. And as our, as a child, we just see the world with so much wonder and opportunity and possibilities. And so we dream our biggest dreams when we're, when we're that age. So I've really been trying to connect to, like I said, my childhood self. And that was something that she had me do last night. 
Also, we talked about, you know, I said we talked about the doshas, but we also talked about like morning routine and different things that I could implement in my morning to kind of awaken my body, my organs to function optimally. Um, she talked about dancing and singing and how important that is to open our throat chakra um, in regards to singing. Um, if you are someone who feels that you have a hard time expressing yourself or expressing your emotions, that's in your throat chakra. So opening that, that energy within your throat by singing or if you don't feel comfortable talking, it's a really good exercise to be able to voice your opinion and express your emotions. And that's something I've really struggled with, but I've been working on a lot. So that was a suggestion she had for me. Um, in regards to dancing, I had told her, you know, I've dealt with an eating disorder. I've dealt with not feeling confident or comfortable in my body. And she said, you need to dance every day. Dancing is so empowering. And I know this because I've done it before. Like I said earlier, when I was living alone, I would just come home from work and turn on music and dance in front of my mirror. And I felt so comfortable in my body when I was doing that. Um, and just feeling your body, feeling the way it moves, it's, it's comforting. And then another thing that she really hit home for me was she asked me, are you swimming every day? And it's so funny because my boyfriend is teaching me how to swim right now in, in the ocean. And I know how to swim, but I don't know how to swim with proper technique. And I don't feel very comfortable in the ocean. And we've been going out every day almost. And I'm really struggling. It is so hard for me to do. I'll get like three or four strokes in and I'll stop. And I'm like, this is so hard. I don't want to do this. He's like, no, keep going. And I know that I need to keep going because water is symbolic of our emotions. It's symbolic of the ambiguity in this world. She made a really good representation for me that water has to be held. And if water isn't contained in in a, a river or in a glass or in some structure, it's free flowing and, you know, it can go anywhere. And that's the same with our emotions. They're free flowing. They come in waves and you don't have to, you don't have to contain them. Our emotions shouldn't be contained. They should be able to fluctuate. They should be able to, to rise and fall. Um, and that's something that I've really been working on as well. And connecting to the water has been very healing for me. It's really hard, but I'm pushing myself through it. I love that. That's awesome. I love that you're, again, getting out of that comfort zone and doing something that is difficult for you, but is challenging and is teaching you just, I love that. I love the connection too, that it has to emotions. Cause I think that especially, like you said, being someone who's dealt with anxiety and with eating disorders and just a past in an abusive relationship, I think having that connection and having a smoother, more contained connection to water is symbolic, like you said, of your emotions. So it'll yeah. in turn teach you how to, um, contain your emotions as well, which is incredible. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping when I go out um, in April, I hope I want to go see an Ayurvedic doctor somewhere. So I don't know where I find yeah. one, but I'm going to find one. <laughs> okay. So 
we will wrap this up a little bit. I kind of want to hear, I want to hear just a few, if you have any like tips or just if, if people are looking to be more plant-based or just eat more whole foods or whatever it is that they're trying to just clean up their, clean up their nutrition, but I don't even want to, I don't want to use the word diet because, and that's kind of what I want to see from you and hear from you is, do you have any tips that have helped you adopt being vegan and eating plant-based into a lifestyle and not doing it as a diet or as a detox? Because you said, I mean, that's why it started out, but how have you kind of really transformed it into a lifestyle? Because I know a lot of people think, okay, I want to eat more plant-based, but wow, that seems impossible to do. Do you have any tips that like really helped you kind of do that? Like, especially yeah. in America versus out in Asia, because I mean, I feel like fresh fruits and vegetables are so much easier to get out there. Um, uh-huh. So what, like, yeah, I guess what kind of tips do you have for that? I want to like completely disregard the diet first and foremost, because I think, like you said, you want to, you're asking me about a lifestyle. And if anyone is interested on going plant-based or eating more vegetarian, I think the first thing you need to do is educate yourself and understand why you're doing it. There is so many good resources out there to understand the environmental impacts, the societal impacts, the impacts on our body. Um, there are so many reasons to be eating plant-based and it's going to make things so much easier for you if you understand why you're doing it and get really clear on your reasonings. Because if you just say, I'm going to go plant-based just because it's it's a way for you to manipulate your diet, it's not going to be sustainable. And the shift happened for me when I educated myself on all the reasons that I wanted to stay vegan. Um, at first, it was really difficult for me to transition, and that's because I wasn't doing it right. I was... Um, not replacing the foods I had taken out with something else. And that's obviously because I was coming from a unhealthy relationship to food. But before you, yeah, before you get asked, start asking about the diet and how to eat better, get clear on why you want to be doing it. I think that's going to be so much motivation for you to then be like, okay, yeah, this is hard, but I don't care because I want to do it anyway. Um, because I'm passionate about this and I see the reasons why to do it. And I, I feel like it's, it's my job to adhere to this way of living. So once you get really clear on that, then it's just about, you know, finding enough nutrients throughout the day. Um, I've been vegan now for over two years, so I don't really have an issue with it. Also, my body's adapted to this, this diet, if you will. But my biggest piece of advice is to, not complicate things. I think when you, when people are trying to go vegan, they're looking for all these meat replacements. They're looking for like the best fake burger, fake whatever you, you want to buy in the grocery store, but make it as simple as you can. Like eat fruit, eat grains, eat oatmeal, eat veggies, make stir fries and play around in the kitchen. I love to cook. So this is really, it's easy for me, but I have a lot of resources on maybe like a sample day of eating just to make sure that you're getting all of the fats, carbohydrates, and proteins that you need. 
Um, but there's so much information out there on going vegan and different, different diet or different recipes. And so lack of information should not be something that stops you. Yeah. Especially in today's world, there's like so many, like you could literally just type in vegan on Instagram or in Google and you would literally get so many different resources and places to find just like information and things. And, and there's coaches and there's different courses and there's just, yeah, there's so many, that's not an excuse. Like not having the information in 2018 is definitely not an excuse. Like you have people, you figure anything out. So, okay. So wrapping it up, I want to ask you a question that I ask every single person. Um, what specific things have helped you most to evolve your life into what it is today? So has it been like nutrition, self-development, or like what things have really shaped you into the Myra that is sitting in Bali with an awesome boyfriend <laughs> and just an incredible life? I stopped giving a shit what other people think about me. It's so hard to think back on it, a time when you were, you feel like you were so lost and broken, but I think... I've learned so much from that girl who was lost and broken and realized that I cared so much about what other people thought about me. I cared about how my hair looked. I cared about how thin I was. I cared about how, what my grades were. Um, and these are all good things. You know, you want to be your best self, but it was in a inauthentic way. And when I let go of what everyone cared about me or what everyone thought about me, and I realized that no one truly cares. Everyone has their own lives that they care about way more than mine. It was so freeing. Um, and it just allowed me to, to be me. I think connecting to your truest, highest self is one of the most empowering things you can do. And whether that be through meditating or journaling or going on a walk, like just spend time alone and try and figure out who you are. Yoga has been so empowering for me. I went to, a, I was interning at a yoga studio in Lexington called Centered and I was, it was my home. I was there five days a week, really got deep into my yoga practice and that's healed me in a lot of ways. Eating plant-based, healthy eating plant-based, not unhealthy habits of plant-based, but eating healthy, eating fruits and vegetables every day at every meal. That has done wonders to me. And just slowing things down and realizing that everything is okay. Everything is going to be okay. Realizing that Everything that you're doing, you're doing it for a reason. And if it's not this, then it's something else. And what you're doing right now is a stepping stone to get there. And I think like my belief, the thing that keeps me going is that I'm so loved and protected by this universe and that everything that I need, I will have. Um, because if, if we weren't childs of this universe, then, then we wouldn't be getting those things. Yeah. And just knowing that, yeah, like I said, everything's going to be okay. And it's, it's not as, it's not as hard as it seems. We make things so much harder than they need to be, but the days go on and seasons go on and people change and things change, but everything's okay. We're still moving. We're still breathing. 
I love that. I love that so much. It almost seems too simple, but like it should mm-hmm. be that simple. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. So you've given us some incredible information. Um, how can people get help with this kind of stuff? Like if they're wanting to tap into their highest self, if they're wanting to learn about eating plant-based or just trying to even just eat vegan, or if they're even just wanting to eat like more nutritious whole foods, how mm-hmm. can they get help um, like from you? I know that you're um, doing coaching and starting coaching. When is that going to be available? If you know, or how can people get on that? Yeah. So right now I'm doing a couple different things with coaching. Um, I'm working with a group of amazing women all across the world where we have an amazing holistic health coaching program. And so I am on and ready with that. You would have me as your coach, but we'd be working with other women all over the world. We have dermatologists, we have yoga instructors, we have Pilates instructors, certified um, fitness, um, nutritionists, you name it, all kinds of health professionals that have created this amazing health health coaching program. So I am on and ready with that, like I said, um, but I'm also working on my own individual program and that's going to be more catered to um, healing anxiety and eating disorders through a plant-based diet and plant-based um, way of living. Um, so kind of everything that I've been talking about and everything, all the lessons I have learned has going, is going to be implemented in this program. Um, I hope that it will be finished um, by the end of the year. I know it will be finished by the end of the year. Um, yes. (laughs) So if you are interested at all in anything I'm doing or if anything that I've said has resonated with you, then follow me on Instagram, Myra Elizabeth G and connect with me and I'll give you more information on how we can work together, how I can help you. Um, and yeah. Perfect. Myra, you are amazing. I love you so much. I'm like, it's been, I mean, I feel like we, we have calls like what once a week. So we kind yeah. of have this kind of conversation weekly, but I, I know that people are going to get so much value from this and it is something different. I don't have many people in my life that are super into this kind of stuff. And so I normally like whenever I'm on my podcast or whatever, I'm talking about like development and all that kind of stuff. But this is just something so different and something that I am not an expert in. So thank you so much for coming and giving me your time. I know what it's like. It's 7.47 p.m. here. It is what time is it there? 8.47 a.m. Yeah, man, you are, you've time traveled. You're literally looking yeah. into the future. <laughs> it's great yeah. over here. Tomorrow yeah. will be great for you. <laughs> so thank you so much. And um, everybody go follow Myra. She is like, she has a very aesthetic Instagram. You will not be disappointed in her content. She writes amazing poetry. She has incredible insights in her captions. And she's just like, I am such a big believer in like putting good people on your feed so that you're never scrolling and like rolling your eyes or just like feeling less of a person. I only follow people that make me feel better or teach me something or empower me. So Myra is an amazing addition to your feed. So like go follow her right now. It'll be in the show notes. Um, Other than that, thank you guys so much for being here. And thank you for listening. If you guys are still here listening, I love you guys so much. And I will talk to you guys on the next Evolve Your Life podcast. 